0: Mad Ones. I'm your favorite y'all alternative punkabilly host Cam Harless. Welcome to the show. Um, I don't have a guest host to introduce right now, so I I feel like I have to fill some time here for just a second just to make it feel right. And then I can go into the, this show is 100% brought to you by the fans and patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. There are all sorts of topics we've covered. Share them with someone who might gain something from them. Also join the Patreon for an occasional early episode, the extended episode edition of the show that happens every week uh, called Last Call. And you also get my eternal gratitude. Oh, another addition to Patreon now is uh, you get to see all of the AI creations before anyone else. You get to see my little my little experiments and things like that. And if you join different levels, you can actually get free commissions. Well, not free because it's Patreon, but you know what I mean. A certain number of commissioned pieces during the month uh, if you'd like to get one of my cool new tank tops or t-shirts with our wonderful tv-headed logo man uh, you can go to we store you can rep us with a shirt a mug or you can get one of those lovely presidential posters that i've been making but that's all i have to say for that housework is done let's get to the show Joining us tonight are the two best-looking people named Abby and PJ in the Conspiracy Podcasting Game. One has the stash to end all stashes, and the other one could probably kill you. They run a show called Conspiracy Pill that is branching out into ministry, and they're here to talk about that. So please welcome to the show, I'm going to say it in the correct order, Abby and PJ.
1: Oh, no, don't do me like that. (laughs) Ah! it It was going so well, you wrapping up my mustache, and then, you know. Misogyny for the win is awesome. How saying. are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm good.
2: <laughs> I'm happy. good. The dude. last time I don't...
0: I, I want to say the last time we did a show together, um, you guys didn't warn me that there was an associated drinking game. That's right. Different. Yeah. Different. I think it was like um every the, time somebody
1: super chatted, we'd yeah, we'd drink
0: right. Yeah. But I didn't have beer or anything like that with me. I just had bourbon. And so I had to take a swig of bourbon every single time. And I <laughs>
1: Whew, but worried. but how else would we have Bloody heard night. your great Sean Aston story you know what I'm saying
0: oh that's true I mean <laughs> if it, that's that's one of those things that I've told I've had to tell that story so many times <laughs> that Jessica uh, my co-host on hiatus would just be like oh God we have to do it again but I think she loves it I think she loves hearing my hatred of Sean Aston uh no one understands it and it's the best that's the best thing is like have I for am I am I a Christian man yes do I believe in forgiveness 70 times seven yes so do I forgive him no
2: what's <laughs> crazy is last weekend I was with some friends who were talking about Sean Astin and I was like I know I have a friend who Sean Astin did dirty and I can't remember who it is <laughs> it's so me thank you.
1: I watch Lord of the Rings different now that's all I'm saying <laughs> Dude, I watch Lord of the Rings
0: different now. I mean, like, I I used to collect the swords and stuff, so I would have like Aragorn's knife, and I had Sting, and I had all that stuff. And now I watch it, and I'm like, I love these movies. I love these movies. I love these movies. I love them. (laughs) Stupid, fat (laughs) hobbit. Um, <laughs> uh, But uh, what was funny was not that long ago, uh, I had read a book called uh, Reading Revelation Responsibly, which is a very, very interesting book um, because it kind of takes a look at Revelation in a way that isn't dispensational, which is kind of it seems like it's the norm in America, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, we can. Possibly break that down later, uh, but I had just started my kind of walk down, like deep walk down eschatology, and then I was sitting. I had just finished that, and I kind of got into a place where I'm taking a break from it. And uh, I see a, a Twitter a Twitter notification that y'all are reading the Book of Revelation online, and I'm like, okay, I'll jump in. I'll jump in because <laughs> it's it's uh, I'm 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 a Bible nerd. I just love talking about reading listening to podcasts taking classes i did i did start a masters and then i realized uh, i did not have enough time with it for it with you know five children yeah. and a full-time job and a show and <laughs> i can keep going <laughs> I don't have so time i had for i had to after
1: those three yeah
0: right i i had to lay that to the side cuz i couldn't get things turned in on time because i just didn't have the time to get it turned in on time but i can go to and i'm doing it there's i have a little um it's on Twitter. I have a little DM and it's just, it's called the Twitter Bible school where we're going to the Bible projects website. They have seminary level classes that they, they give for free. And so there's a group on there. If either of you are interested in that, let me know. I can add you to the group chat, but we're, we're let me know through that one 30 minute, uh, uh, like seminar type deal at a time and talking about our answers and stuff like that on Twitter. So y'all are welcome to that. But needless to say, what I noticed and why you're on the show is because I, um, I had lost a couple of different guests that were supposed to come up and I was just like, I need someone. Let me just throw the net out there because I'm a bad friend and I haven't invited you onto my show after you invited me onto yours. Um, but yeah, uh, you'd said, you know, I know, uh, I know a guy who had a, conspiracy podcast that turned into ministry and i'm like oh weird i know a guy who had a political podcast that kind of became a ministry as well let's do that and so i figured let's just talk about how we have so many commonalities and where we are what we're doing etc because i i just have appreciated you guys from on twitter and when i've been on your show and we're buddies so let's just talk let's talk about jesus and i'll show i'll 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 tell you about my newest tattoo and all of that and why I was so interested in revelation. Let's, let's just, let's have some fun. And also like I said, we'll go, we'll go about an hour. Usually I say this beforehand, but you were having like camera trouble and I'm a bad. host. (laughs) So we typically go about an hour. And then after that, we go into the last call. So at that point, you know, if you want me to drink bourbon, we can do that. We can start a a drinking game then. But before that I need my wits about me, man.
2: (laughs) Wits are overrated, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of make a, it when it's not doing dumb stuff for some dumb corporate job. I'm I'm that's how I make money is my wits. So let's let's I try to keep it. I think we do it the
1: opposite way where people show up for when we like have these like two weeks to prepare these extensive notes and research and all that stuff and then we just go live like we just did an hour ago on rockfin and we're just like hey let's just talk about stuff unprepared and just throw stuff at the wall conspiracy wise and see what sticks and that's funny you brought up the revelation thing because it's kind of what we're doing with it i know i know that might be uncomfortable some people it's kind of the space where we're in where we're just like we don't have the answers so we want to look at everything and and figure out the answers so like that's the one thing we keep repeating throughout revelation streams that we've been doing is like, Hey, we're not preaching. We don't know. We're going to read it and then we're right. going to keep studying. We're going to keep studying, we are keep studying. Hopefully we'll have better answers for you guys at some point. Mm-hmm. But we think we, we both think that there's a lot of value to just asking the questions and having the conversations. Yeah. So. that's
0: that's what my and that's why i was like when you said that i was like yeah i think we need to talk because that's what yeah. my show is yeah like i ask me how much research i do before every show how much
1: research you do for
0: every show. none I, I i wrote the introduction um for you guys literally f- two f- four minutes before you actually showed up on my screen I, that's all i'm doing um some and it that probably sounds bad but it's it's I like to find people who know more than me and to poke and prod and ask the questions that come to mind. And I mm. typically like to have a, a sidekick by my side because especially when we get into theology stuff, since that's such a big area of interest of mine, like we'll start spitting out terms that no one else knows. Like, and that's hard to deal with because when, when people are hearing, you know, like one for instance, we were talking to, I was talking to Warren McGrew um, the other day. And that's what made Jessica such a great co-host is because she was new to the faith. And so she would have these questions questions, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So like when he'd hop in and say something about, you know, penal substitutionary (laughs) atonement and call it PSA, you know, like I'm quickly typing at the bottom, like defining terms on the ticker so that people can know what's being said. And I'm like, Miss Jessica, because she would have just asked, and I'm just like yeah. trying to keep the conversation going. I can't do the asking, you know. Uh, it, it's worked to for us too
1: dumb. It's worked for us <laughs> a similar way, where like we take turns on who kind of does the research and presents a show, and that way one of us is coming into it fresh, like the audience, where like. If you've been what? researching it for two weeks, you're not thinking, you know, you're already familiar with the terms, you know what you want to say, and it's easy to skip over something. Mm-hmm. And so I probably do that a lot. Now he's like, wait, wait, what, what's that about? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I explain. Yeah. So good. You're telling me Hillary Clinton oh, yeah. had an email that Muslim.
0: <laughs> Did y'all ever um uh listen to my my red pill episodes? that i did back in the
1: day i don't think so
2: because
1: because
0: back if if you go back to episodes 35 and then 39 through 41 you get my retelling of ruby ridge and then the waco
1: oh i gotta watch those which
0: yeah which which those are just listens but i i did i put a lot of research (gasps) into those and i spent weeks writing the script doing the thing i did um uh, some audio stuff so that you could get really sucked into it. Like, I think it's pretty good. It's maybe one of the best things. That's what Monica Perez told me is the best thing that, that I've ever done. And I'm like, I'm still making stuff. Don't, don't just <laughs> pigeonhole me there, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she told me that I red pilled her son which is, like, if you know Monica Perez as within the conspiracy world, like, it's a pretty big deal.
1: Like That's awesome.
0: <laughs> like um, but yeah, like, the last time I did, like, copious amounts of research was when I did an episode on um, what's it called? Uh, not Waco. The one with the Kool-Aid. Uh,
1: Jonestown. Oh, Jonestown. Yeah. Jim yeah. Jones.
0: And I had a guest come on and I didn't realize that he wasn't going to bring the whole story and bring the different things that needed to come out. And so I was so glad I had my notes that I had done like copious amounts of research mm-hmm. for because yeah. I was able to like throw it out there and get it and and then yeah. talk about it from there. But a lot of times I'm like, la- like, let's see, last week we spoke to Michael Jones from Inspiring Philosophy. I don't know if you know who that is, I've but we him. talked about um, all of the myths that surround Easter and how Easter is evil and pagan and all of that. Mm -hmm. we did one in for Christmas around Christmas time. Um, but I watched that one by the way, the 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 one you just did.
1: No, the Easter one. I watched that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a good guy. It's, it's fun to have that kind of, uh, pushback because when I started researching it, I was like, none of this is true. Um, but you know, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. But, uh, let's, Uh, Abby messaged the private chat. So let's let I'm going to take her lead on this because it's a good one. Um, But she said, do you want to lead it or do you want me to?
2: Doesn't matter to me.
0: Hey, man. She said that it's on her heart that we should pray for this conversation. And let's do that. Uh, Let's do that. Lord Jesus, uh, we come to you now humbly as people who love you and who want to know you more and want. Uh, not just our lives to be changed, but to be a part of the kingdom and the mechanisms that change the world. God, I pray that while we have this conversation, that you will bring things to mind that at least one person out there needs to hear, that you'll bless this conversation, that you will come alive in someone's eyes and in their heart, and that the Holy Spirit will work on those who need to hear something that we have to say. Um because it comes from you it doesn't come from us if it's good (laughs) I mean I'm pretty witty but you can't I I can't beat the Holy Spirit Lord I pray that you will bless this and you will help us to be beacons of light in a dark world in Jesus name amen amen thanks Kim (laughs) so um let's talk about Revelation real quick because I got real excited when you said that you were going to be reading through Revelation because it was literally three days maybe after i'd gotten my my new tattoo which you can kind of see on my arm um and it's honestly the best tattoo i've ever gotten because people who see it don't know what it is and have to ask questions and i have to present the gospel
1: Nice, i love it that's awesome
0: and uh, like i love that so i i thought i uh would read that and then show you the tattoo which i think you can see um but so when you get to Revelation 5, John is in the heavenly throne room having this vision, um, which a lot of people argue about mm-hmm. what it means and all of that. But uh, they there's um, so I'll just read it because it, it sets it up perfectly. Uh, Revelation five. Then I saw on the right hand in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, God, um, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But none in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. And this is my favorite part. This is one of my favorite verses, little pericopes, if you, as you'd call it if you were a, a Bible nerd in college. Um, then one of the elders said to me, John, uh, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So I'm going to pause here because this is my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the book because you have this angel saying, don't worry, John, there's this lion, This, hu- which when you're a human being and you see a lion, what you envision is human, earthly power, a warlike power, a violent power, and he is worthy to take the scroll and open it up. Pause, right? Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 20 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God. Persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Mm-hmm. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud vo- voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four creatures live, the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So my tattoo is the lamb. Oh, wow. That's awesome. With the seven with, with the seven eyes and the seven horns. And it is, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it shows the upside down kingdom of God. Because what we expect, what, like, look at the the apostles Mm. before Jesus came and died Mm -hmm. on the cross and rose again. They expected a a messianic military leader, a political leader, like Ben Shapiro still expects, right? Mm. Right. And yet what came was a self sacrificial god man who took away the sins of the world and so it's this is one of those things that what it reminds me of is that power is upside down in the kingdom of god right i do not have to be violent because vengeance is mine says the lord right Mm -hmm. yeah i am not there to exert human power and will over others Mm -hmm. i'm there to live like jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah, who is the slain lamb who died so that all people, all nation tongues, etc., could come together and worship God together in the new heavens and new earth. So yeah. that's why I love Revelation five and why <clears throat> I was like, hey, let's talk about this. This is like my favorite chapter in the Bible.
1: <laughs> I love this. <clears throat> I love that so much because I think it's a message that is so needed on the right side of the aisle right now. Because uh, we had this whole episode recently about um, Andrew Tate, and you just see this whole like it was—it was clear to me why he went and became Muslim, why he went Islam. Because mm-hmm. you know you yeah. see these arguments online; they, they worship their own strength, they worship their mm-hmm. their own power, their own success, their own like all of all of the wrong things. They they're worshiping the kingdom of of earth and not the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah.
0: And they're they're they well, and that's the thing. I mean, I would say that you can apply this. To all sorts of theologies even some theologies within christianity but they worship a god of their making because it's it's their disposition of power it's their disposition of un, uh, their understanding of power of sovereignty of all of these things that make god into needing mm. to be a tyrant in 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 order to be god and that's what andrew tated said when he said that he was yeah. muslim was that god the god christian god's not powerful enough it's like why because he doesn't want to destroy everyone right now like he he wants you to love each other like what what power are you looking for
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) the kind that prostitutes women and then somehow gets accepted on the christian right by so many people i want god to
2: be in my image i want god to do exactly what i would do at any given moment
1: yeah well
0: that's 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 one of the biggest things that i see And it happens with people of all different dispositions. I was listening to a conversation between a couple of people that I respect not that long ago, and the whole time it was watching, and I know I do it, I know that we all do this, we all try to make God in our image, we all try to make Jesus look a little bit more like us than he does Mm -hmm. the other, but that's why people are like, Jesus was a socialist, Jesus would have voted for George Bush, Jesus would have, it's like, no, he wouldn't have voted. kidding me he's the king if he was here right now you would be there would be no more voting what are you talking about
2: (laughs) right we were talking about the 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 ten commandments the other yesterday yesterday night and the first three are all about having the wrong gods the the first one is you shall have no other gods before me Um, they exist but you're not going to put them before me the second one is don't make an idol and worship it and the third one is don't take my name in vain don't say jesus would do this jesus would be on my side jesus said blah blah blah
0: or to sorry youtube don't say god hates fags yeah Yeah. you don't get to speak
2: for him yeah right
0: he he dude loves dude (laughs) it seems so irreverent, but you know what? that's just the way i talk um he loves he he the bible says that he desires all to be saved
2: Mm -hmm. yeah dude loves sinners
0: right he, but the, before well, while we were still his enemies he yeah. loved us yeah we love him because he first loved us like what it, how on earth do we get this idea yeah. that he should be more like us i'm awful right i mean i would make all the wrong choices Are you kidding i mean it'd be kind of cool at different points but it'd be awful <laughs> god came to What's, earth there's
1: a there's a oh sorry just, really quick there's a yeah. lyric that i love so much maybe you're familiar with the band um a plea for purging you know them at all? Mm-mm. They have this line that's, it, to me, the most powerful line in their songs, and it, it goes, if I was God, we'd all be dead. And I just, I, to me, that's so powerful, because it's, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole idea is like, we want to put God in our image. That's what the whole song is about, is trying to make God in our image, trying to make God work for us, and and he's the genie in the lamp and whatever. But if I was God, none of us would survive. Like we're, we're, we're so imperfect. <laughs> and if we're always trying to make God oh. look like us, it's like, that's the last person I want God to emulate is me. It should be the other way around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that, that makes me think of, um, you know, you, I don't know if you've had a lot of conversations with atheists, but a lot of times you'll hear these things like, how come, why would a, God, a good God let evil exist? Why wouldn't he just snap his fingers and evil would be gone? <clears throat> and that was one of my big realizations was, you know, he's done that before there was yeah. a flood and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're asking for is your own demise. When right. you ask that he but is people graceful think that they're and merciful good. enough, Yeah. right? But he's graceful and merciful enough to not get rid of all evil
1: right yeah. now, because you wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> but it, it's, it's such a self-centered mindset to mm-hmm. think that because what you're saying is I'm basically good and getting better, which is the total opposite of the, of the gospel. Um, but th- they never include themselves in that. They think, well, this person's right. bad. I'm basically good. So he's not going to like, and if they, the judgment came to them, it, you know, they'd be a little surprised, I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Abby.
2: No, oh, you're you're good. People, I think what I was saying earlier was that that God came to Earth and He was like, you know, who I'm gonna hang out with? Tax collectors, prostitutes. <laughs> Like the word that people, everybody hates. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so interesting that the same person does that, right? He's like, this is the people I would prefer to hang out with. And the people he really hated, the people he yelled at when he was here and called names were were the religious leaders who thought they had it all together, who thought they were so perfect. But that same God in the Old Testament is like this nation is sacrificing their children i want you to go in and i want you to kill them and not just the men but the women and the children and the cows
0: yeah well and so in you know it's really okay do you want to get into it yes you want to get into that (laughs) yes okay so one of the things about that phrasing for one is it was an ancient near eastern hyperbole Hmm. so you will read in Uh, contemporary accounts in that time of people killing every single person, men, women, and children, and then taking home slaves somehow. So what it meant was to utterly destroy Mm -hmm. rather than to actually kill every man, woman, and child. So just, it it is ancient Near Eastern hyperbole, which is really interesting to know. So I'll just put that out there. But secondly, one of the things I found out is, uh, do you know anything, I know you've mentioned Nephilim, have you read um the unseen realm by michael heiser
1: no and i think you sent that to me as something i should read so i need to get to it (laughs) yes
0: you you should yeah um but what's really interesting is if you read his work and if you read my buddy brian's books the chronicles of the nephilim he fleshes it out in a fictional way which i've been making all of these characters in ai for him and so like i have molek i have all of these things that i've made which i can show you guys in the uh extended episode if y'all want to see those um, but what's really interesting about the conquest of Joshua is that those places where it's said to utterly destroy them they all um, correspond with places that had the Nephilim
1: problem mm-hmm. this is exactly what we've talked about we've in talked few about episodes. this a lot yeah. Yeah.
2: That, that the genetic the idea is that the, the genetic material of fallen angels was all through that society such that Everybody needed needed to be eradicated, and that they had that they were violating their animals, and that's why the animals yeah. had to be right. eradicated. Yeah, yeah, the,
1: and also a, it makes like it makes the genealogy stuff makes so much more sense when you actually yeah. don't just like gloss over because I think people get to parts in the Bible. We talk about this a lot, where like uh, there there's a certain point in in our history. Why do I always forget the name of it? The <laughs> The Renaissance, not the Renaissance. What am I oh, trying the to Enlightenment. say? The Enlightenment. Thank you. I don't know why it always blanks on mine. There's a certain point in our history where we just stopped reading the Bible in any spiritual context and everything became yeah. really mm-hmm. science based and it became really like, so one of the, we're well, always kind of trying to talk. About, yeah. That's an issue yes.
0: where we compartmentalize the natural from the supernatural, yes. which is not mm. an ancient understanding. It's no, not, not how right. People understood things before.
1: No, that's not how the Bible talks about Elijah. When he he opens his eyes to see the spiritual realm, it's all around you, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, people make fun of me for this, but I actually think that Constantine is the best visual example of that idea. Have you ever seen that Mm. movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's been yeah, a yeah. long time.
1: But, but yeah. the, as far as the visual goes, I'm not saying the theology in that movie is is accurate. But the visual of like, it's actually all around us all the time, I thought was really interesting. But I, what I was getting to is like people gloss over Genesis 6. They gloss over all the miracle stuff. They gloss over the fact that Jesus said, that, you know, miracles and things like that will continue. Um, and we've just made Christianity without spirituality. And I think this is to our own detriment in so many ways because we see this huge spiritual movement and people there's people I see getting so close to God, but they can't accept the God of the Mm -hmm. Bible, the God of the universe that created everything because they look at the church and they're like, well, the church doesn't have spirituality at all. And I probably, this is maybe one of my most controversial takes, but I think in some sense, this is true where I said, I, I wonder at times if people who are spiritual, but not religious are closer to finding God than people Mm. who are religious and not spiritual. I think it's what, and what I'm saying by that is like, if you're in the church, but you don't believe in, in anything spiritual miracles, you're just like, I've got my, I've got my laws, I've got this, I've got that, I've got the other, but I don't have to believe in miracles. I don't have to believe in God in a real way. It's just what my parents gave me. I think that you are so settled in that understanding that you're never going to actually get closer to God. And I think that people are searching for God in the spiritual, they're mistaken. They're looking into Eastern mysticism. They're looking into the, uh, what am i trying to say all the stuff of like you know wish it and it'll come like true Krishna. stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah new
1: age new nonsense. ageism thank you um but i think that they're at least looking and that's the, that's right. something that the church's losses are not looking
0: yeah well and, and there's there are a lot of issues i think in the church which i i kind of tweeted about the other day because there was this uh ken of
2: uh i remember that
0: what's his, what's the name of his thing? Uh, Uh, Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis was trying to like crap on Andy Stanley, which like there are plenty of Andy Stanley clips you could take and be like, you know, this is not a great teaching, but Mm -hmm. he chose this one where he was talking about like the context of Genesis. And he was like, you know, you don't have to believe in a specific six day creation because what it was talking about was who created rather than how and if you break if there's uh john walton wrote a book he wrote a couple um but the one i read that i think fleshed it out the most was um lot the lost world of genesis 3 2 and 3 maybe um of that no the lost world of adam and eve that was what it's called Um, And so he looks at Genesis Genesis two and three, and then the next book in the series looks just at Genesis one, and it's talking about how people in that time understood the world and how they understood nothingness, how they understood creation and what creation was. And it's absolutely fascinating because it changes the way that you view Genesis because most people like Rhett and Link, Mm -hmm. biggest disappointment, on YouTube ever yeah. was seeing them start proselytizing for leaving Christianity. Yeah. Um, but they, they were like, Oh, well I read science books. That's why I'm not a Christian anymore. And it's like, well, the problem was you were reading Genesis. Like it was a science book. It's not a science book. And it's like, you know, you can definitely believe in a six day creation. You could believe in uh theistic evolution if you want. I don't really care about any of that because what I care about is that God did it. Right. It was yeah, Yahweh who did it and he spoke in the language of the people of that time and so you don't have to go and do all the conspiracy theories and go so far as to be like the earth is flat
1: yeah like, <laughs> we're in, not flat in, in Earthers, quote, by Genesis. the way for people who don't know right yeah <laughs> <laughs> <It's just laughs>
0: but you don't out. have to go that far <laughs> and, and go oh the earth is flat because it talks about the rakia it talks about the firmament it talks about mm-hmm. these things we because he, God, and when Moses was writing, it was talking directly into a people and their understanding of the natural world at that moment.
1: You, you want to know the most ridiculous argument I ever heard from an atheist about, about the Bible and the super literal translations. They said that in the Bible, it talks about a bat, but it calls it a bird. I'm Like, <laughs> like they're literally basing the Bible on modern day classifications of genus and, and all that stuff. They're like, well, well, the bat, it, it calls a flying creature, the size of a Robin, a bird. Like the Bible's not the Bible's wrong mm-hmm. this is the dumbest thing. Well, Everybody yeah, was like I, I love stuck it when on like, this point.
0: I I love I love it when they're like, oh well, you know, you know the Bible mentions unicorns, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the the King James version uses the word unicorn, which was at that time a way people classified rhinos
1: rhinos yeah (laughs) i knew that it
0: didn't have the word rhino back then so yeah it talks about unicorns but we're we're talking about the ones you can go look at in the zoo if you really want to (laughs) so rejected argument rejected (laughs) what i
2: two two things i want to say with regard to handling scripture what i won't do is just because something makes me uncomfortable dismiss it like every I think that every time something makes me uncomfortable, I'm like, God, please, please explain it to me. Mm -hmm. Please just. And every single time I have just with good faith, with honesty, said, I don't like this. I don't like where the Bible says women should be silent in church. I don't like it. Yeah. But whenever I have said, please tell me why, like, tell me what this means. Give me wisdom about it. Just help He's always provided at least a little something. If if not, you know, the fullness of what I was hoping for. And to that Artemis end, there's hmm? Artemis,
0: Artemis worship in that area. Yes, yes. And, yeah. I did. I did a lot of work in in
2: in college about the the role of women in Roman religion and how that kind of influenced the church. So, and and that kind came out of that prayer um but to that end there are things that we do that we feel like we have to shove science into the bible and i don't have yes. a problem with the earth being old it doesn't harm my faith i don't have a problem right. with evolution it doesn't harm my faith i don't think the earth has to be old i don't think there has to be evolution i, I think that you can read the bible my my general instinct is whatever the surface level understanding of if if if, if the beginner reader reads this and understands this that's probably the true thing because i don't think god is a god of misunderstanding right. or chaos in in general not that there can't be deeper meanings but i want to just ask like if this is what it says how can this be true like right. how how can i change my understanding of the world to 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 fit now i don't think the earth is, is flat i don't think that's what the <laughs> bible says at all but I think that so many times we have hamstrung ourselves both in christianity and in science by -hmm. assuming that when science disagreed with the bible then science had to be right it's usually the other way around
0: yeah i I completely agree i I was just going to say when it comes to the six six days or six billion years i lean towards six days but that has a lot more to do with me than it does the bible right because i view god as an artist that's yeah. how I view him, because that's how and, and this is. not I'm not trying to make God like myself, but that's how my brain works. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I view God. And so I don't release an idea, a, a project until it's done.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so in my mind, that's how God would work as well. Am I right? Probably not, but who knows? Um, But that's that's the beauty of the book of Genesis is the more you read it and the more you look at the surrounding context, it comes alive in ways you would not expect. Like the the fact that Genesis, especially the first three chapters, are a polemic, which is an argument against the other gods in that area and the Sumerian pantheon is Mm -hmm. mind-blowing. And when like my favorite, maybe I'll, I'll talk about it again. one of my favorite realizations ever has to do with the flood and um, baptism. And I love it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've, if you've heard me talk about that, it's one of my favorite realizations. Um, But the, what the Bible, what Genesis one and two do is it tells you who God is, how he created out of nothing, how powerful he is and how much he loves his creation. That's all you need to get from it. and you're good anything beyond that is is cool go for it but like that's what you need to pull out of the the first two chapters of genesis
1: i've looked at i've looked at the creation story in both ways in the very scientific old earth way and in the young earth way and both ways i've looked at it i'm like neither neither one changes genesis at all neither one changes god's creation at all you for instance like if you look at evolution theory and, and you know the whole big bang theory is what i was trying to say uh, every stage that life was created was the exact same that was created in the six days of the Bible. So whether it's over six million years or six days, it, science tells us the exact same thing, same order. Yeah. Um, you can look at it as in, you know, six oh. literal days or it says six periods of time. I know some people have made that argument, um, but there's, it just doesn't change anything to me. I've re- read some well, really and- good books from both sides and it just, it points to the same And this is basic my like,
0: controversial opinion, which is it doesn't matter
1: right well that's what i'm getting to. because it's not what it's about you know yeah
0: like it's um and so it's really like what one of the things like you mentioned that some it's so it's so cool though when you see scientists have to agree with the bible yeah like it's happening more
1: all the time (laughs)
0: like when uh it they like several years ago there was an article that was like we found uh large uh underwater oceans that I we didn't know were saying. in the in the world before and it's like oh so like in when the flood happened and the the water came from the ground so like that and it's like it's so cool to see that stuff happen like oh well yeah so the bible was right about it was this,
1: funny like, to me because there. like there was there was a point in my life where i was trying to be very rational about the flood stuff and i was like it says the whole world, but does it mean regional? Like, you know, I know there's there's seashells on mountain tops. So it seems like the whole world was flooded, but maybe I don't know. I've heard different arguments. And then that whole ringwoodite layer that you're talking about, this layer close to the crust, of the earth that has three times the amount of waters, the earth's oceans uh, exist. And it's just like, why? You know, that's me doubting and trying to like make God fit into my box. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's right there. It seems like science is always behind the Bible. Time and time well, and, again,
0: and why is it that almost every col- ancient culture has a flood story? Yeah, if it didn't happen everywhere, like that's that's an insane mm-hmm. coincidence.
1: Coincidence, yeah,
0: you know, like that just happened to happen. But one of the beautiful, okay, here, here's one of my favorite beautiful things in Genesis one and two that I love is you. So in Genesis, uh, John Walton argues that when you're looking at the Genesis account and the creation account we try to make it about material creation, which is um, one way of looking at it, and it is material, but what he points out is that what God is doing throughout the six days of creation is naming things and giving them purpose, and that is how people of that time would, without purpose, things were uncreated. If Mm. it was wild and waste, it was nothingness. So that's why the images of the great deep and earth without any vegetation and stuff like that, like a desert are considered nothingness because there's nothing good coming out of them. There's no purpose. And also sea monsters. It's like a Um, pragmatic (laughs) mindset. Hmm. Right. And so the, the way that they saw things is as God named these things and gave them purpose, they became things. And so what is the first thing that God had Adam do after he finished his work of creation
2: named the animals
0: he named the animals he in the image of god imaged god in the world and took dominion over it huh. by partaking in creation
1: this this reminds me of something me and abby have talked about and i want to get your opinion on this because you said naming things gives them like actually makes them real right mm-hmm. it's right. is kind of the purpose here the greeks didn't have a word for blue right they didn't have a word for blue and there's Violet. tribes in the world who can't see blue and they have no word for it. And there's this, like this theory out there that like, if it's not named, it just doesn't exist to them. Like in, in, um, in, in Homer's odyssey, it describes the sea as wine red. Cause the Greeks didn't have a word for blue. So it's like weird. like, do you think the Greeks literally just couldn't see blue? It's like the kind of the question.
0: Well, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I think that when you don't have a classification for something, you try to you take it to the nearest thing that you can connect right. it to. Right. Allegedly, I think I want to say they I, I heard this this today was that I want to say in Russia they have two two words for blue. And so they actually see more colors in the rainbow than we do.
2: We 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 constantly edit things to make them fit into our classification. So when we see something out of the corner of our eye that doesn't really fit, we just it doesn't exist. Yeah. If we could how much is happening around us all the time that we are capable of seeing, but we haven't named and right. we refuse we're, to name because we're terrified of it.
0: Yeah. Right. I think the uncanny Valley has to do with Nephilim.
1: That's We've War talked watchers, about this a but, lot. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> but, um. Yep. so that, that, that's been my take. Um, <laughs> But like, think about it this way. Um, how have you ever bought a new car Yeah, and you're like, wow, this is a really cool car. I've never seen this car before. You and buy then you it, see it everywhere you start driving around. You see it everywhere. I, I, I because you have this, I think, I think it may be in a similar vein. You have this classification for it, mm. you know, to look for it now. So the, now you see it.
1: I grew up, I grew up with my dad and my grandpa being mechanics. I've worked on cars my whole life. I know a decent amount about cars when me and my wife a few years ago went to buy a car. One of the cars they showed us was a Ford edge. Never heard of it. Didn't know it was a car. Yeah. I'm like I've never seen this car, never heard of it. Bought a white Ford Edge. I see it everywhere. I never yeah. knew this. I literally didn't know the car existed. And I know most <laughs> cars, didn't know this type of car existed. And now there's three people across the road that own one. I see them every day on my drive to work. It's 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 yeah. really weird. Didn't even yeah. know it was a so car. So
0: I, I think so. Let me let me dive into my favorite thing real quick. If if y'all are down for this, because it's yeah. oh blew my mind. Okay, so in in creation you see at the very beginning you see in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and void is the typical translation um tim mackey uses the tr- the translation because the word there is tohu vavohu which means essentially that's what we get uh, formless and void but uh closest since it rhymes if you want to kind of keep that rhyming scheme which is something we we miss out on the original language we don't get that in yeah. But we could do an alliteration which is wild and waste. And it says that God was hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. And so in the very first the very first sentence of Genesis you see that there are these chaos waters, right? There's this nothingness that is shown by water, by the deep. And then you see God create the whole world, everything from the from that we know out of this chaos right this this water and then what six chapters later you see humanity has become incredibly violent you you see the the markings of uh spiritual um human uh mixed mixed breeding uh you see this violence that god has to destroy and how does he destroy but by returning creation to a state of decreation and back to the chaos waters that came before creation, before he then recreates it by bringing the waters down and starting over with a new, more or less, Adam and Eve out of Noah and his sons and their wives, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that, that you see creation, decreation, recreation. And then, you know, you, you take a few steps, you, you, you go past Moses, you hit up Elijah, you get through Malachi, you get to Jesus, and he dies, and he rises again, new creation. And when people become Christians, after they repent, after they confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, what is the thing that they're supposed to do?
1: Get baptized.
0: Get baptized. And what happens when you get baptized? For one, it is a show of the death of you partaking in the death and the resurrection that Jesus had, but it's shown by being dunked under the chaos waters Mm. and then coming back out a new creation. Mm. Tell me that that's not tied together.
1: Tell me that that's the thing that I'm loving. Uh, the more I yeah. study and the more I read the Bible, the more I see how many things are bookended, how many things are uh, repetition there is in the Bible. You see right. the same stories and the same ideas repeated and repeated over and over again. So I, I love finding new things like that where it's like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's stuff. It, I sat
0: there. I sat there and I read it. I I read because I was reading both the um the gospels or acts. And I was reading through Genesis again and I, I was reading those at the same time and I went, oh my gosh, this is a, this is yeah. a, a vignette of yeah. creation again. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to me. Baptism means that much more to me now than it did before. Cause I'm like, I get to partake in the new creation. Yeah.
2: This is why, and this is going to be, this is not me suggesting that people shouldn't be involved with church, but my story is just such that I grew up in church. I was incredibly connected to church. I worked for a church out of college and they fired me. And after 3 years. Um and it was just it and I haven't really liberal? it it was <laughs> it was just I was too I was too much and instead of just telling me to stop, instead of just saying we need you to stop complaining about the things you don't think are right here and just it, They wouldn't just tell me to keep my mouth shut. Instead, they said, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, you're fired. And that's just, that's another story entirely. And it's one about just um, cowardly people. But also, that was, I think that was a good thing. But I haven't really been back to church since. But I found that my faith is better for it. I found in the last several years of me being in church, it was just going from one terrible hit to my faith to another one incredible failure by church leaders to another and just trying to constantly recover from these incredible hits to my faith and once I was out of it I could finally like have a faith (laughs) that worked right and so a community of believers is so important and I've always kept that Mm -hmm. but going into a church building and going through the rigmarole of it all is just I mean I feel uh, I've always just ever since just felt so cold and empty by the end of it and exhausted but that's not the point the point is that once I got out I found it was so much easier for me to just read the Bible and not be afraid of coming to a wrong interpretation because I can just trust that God will if I get off track he'll just leave me back because he knows I'm reading it in good faith so I can just ask questions like what if this means this and I don't have to like sit there and worry is somebody going to think I'm being heretical I can just right. ask whatever pops into my mind which is I think what we're supposed to do right we're supposed to read it and yeah. and try to like listen instead of being trapped with all of this preconceived ideas and so things like the water things like whatever I love asking questions about it
0: I'm I'm with you I I have to describe myself often as a nomad mm. because you know we 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 keep trying churches around here but I think one of my greatest frustrations is that I find that most people don't even understand what that word means. Right. Um, Because if you look, do you know what the word is in the new Testament for our church is Ecclesia Mm -hmm. Ecclesia means assembly or gathering. It literally just means Christians Mm -hmm. getting together. It doesn't mean an institution. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean uh, this, this, that or the other. And so like when, I've I've had people tell me that I need to go to this church or that church because it's the one true church and I'm going the one true church will not convene until the resurrection. Right. Before that the one true church is invisible and separated and we Mm -hmm. will not gather until the, the proper time.
2: Right.
0: And so it's really hard. It's really hard to find a church and part of it may be that I have some I don't want to say arrogance, but it may be, yeah, like Ecclesiastes, uh, Freda, um, same base, same root, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, there's a lot of bad theology that I can't sign off on. And yeah. so it's like, uh, and I you know, I won't go into too many specifics, but there are certain things in certain churches where I'm like, I'm with you here, 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 and here. But if I have to affirm this and this, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I grew up in a charismatic church. So mm-hmm. I believe in the gifts of the spirit, always have. Um, yeah. And so when I went to college, I went to college for several years at a, an Assemblies of God school. And so the Assemblies of God have what they call their 16 fundamental truths. And so I read their 16 fundamental truths and I went, there are two of these that I cannot sign off on. One mm-hmm. of them, because I don't agree with it. The other, because there's no way this could possibly be considered a um, a fundamental truth, mm-hmm. um, which I, if I look now, there'd probably be a third. Um, but one of them was that speaking in tongues is the initial sign, sign of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I th- I've seen it. And I think when it happens, that's wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I do not think that that's the initial sh- sign. I think right, that there right. are plenty of people walking around this planet who do not speak or pray in tongues, who have the Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. and breathing through them. I think it's pretty I obvious. I agree with that. Yeah. It's also right. pretty
1: clear in the Bible, too, that some gifts are given to some and some are not to others. It right. says, it says right, right in the Bible, some will speak in tongues, not all. Um, that's been my Paul problem. Paul says, I wish all of you would speak in tongues, pray in tongues like I do. I
2: did. wish, not I wish. need or you have yeah. to. Yeah.
1: And that's been my yeah. problem with the charismatic church as well. Is like, I, I like a lot of the charismatic churches I've been to, but I've been expected and told, like, you have to speak in tongues. You're not, uh, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're not really saved. And I'm like, that's not my gift, dude. I know what my mm-hmm. gifts are. And it, that's just not it. It might be my wife's gift and yeah. it is, but it's not mine. Mm. And and that's been a hard well, uh, thing for me.
0: And the second thing in that list which i need to go and read it again because i'm pretty sure i'll have like i said there's probably going to be at least a third um but was they took a, a firm stance on premillennial rapture stuff and mm-hmm. i'm like this is not something you can make fundamental and that's my that's right. my only thing i don't care if well, you believe that's that silly. If that's you, so silly if you if you want to believe that by all means go do right. that but like i this is not fundamental. There's been disagreements since the church began on this. Not to mention that it looks like maybe this is an overstatement from someone that I spoke to, but the, the, the understanding is that a majority of the early Christians were, uh, amillennial or amillennial. They didn't believe in the, the millennial the millennium mm-hmm. coming in the future, you know? Um, so I don't know, but the idea that it's fundamental, I was like, yeah. I can't sign off on it. Yeah. Can't do it.
2: It, It seems like a coping mechanism for just life, for handling life to say, these are fundamentals. As long as I do X, Y, and Z, my life's going to be good. God's on my side. Everything's good. I don't have to think. I think so many people make a series of choices throughout their lives to become NPCs. And I think that adopting those sorts of religious, like hyper-religious five things that I won't budge from 10 things I won't budge from is a way of, of doing that and feeling good about it. There's so little life inside the church. And I don't even just mean that spiritually. There's so few people who think we're just are human at all.
1: Yeah. In any meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I've, I've for a very long time believed in this idea of like bullet doctrines. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Mm -mm. So basically it's the idea of like, would you take a bullet for it? Mm. Right. Like that's the important stuff. So I've probably drifted in most of my adult life towards more of a uh, uh, non-denominational, which it's kind of sucks that that's the way it is. But it's just Mm. to me, it's like I think there's certain things that are just uh, no starters. Christ is the son of God. He he is Mm -hmm. fully God and fully man, like all the things that are like very obviously true that you can't Mm -hmm. he wasn't just a good guy or a prophet or whatever. But then there's, you know, the, the speaking in tongues thing. That's not a bullet doctrine to me. I'm not going to take a bullet over like this, you know, you have yeah. to be able to speak in tongues or you're not going to mm-hmm. heaven type stuff. So like for me, I feel I can get along with people and, and be a part of a body of believers who are more like that, where it's like, there obviously is that like, there's definitely churches who have abandoned the bullet principles or things that we should all agree on. That's just like non-negotiables. I would, I grew up in the Methodist church and I'd say the Methodist church right now is absolutely there. Uh, they were there ten years ago, but they're really there now. Where the Methodist Church is actually splitting in half again, because yeah. of I mean, I don't know if you've watched all the the trainee preachers that are, are ordained by the Methodist Church in the last year, but it's pretty mm-hmm. insane stuff.
0: I don't I don't know if I've noticed them. I know I've noticed a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on kind of across the board. But yeah. you know, the Anglicans led it for some reason. Cut it out! Right. Cut it out! Anglicans. I think so. There's I mean, a lot break.
2: of things in the Bible that are not. I wouldn't take a bullet for them, but. If if you read it in good faith, it's it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Like virgin, virgin birth. Like if you read the Bible in good right. faith, you have to believe in the virgin birth. Right. Um, and if somebody doesn't believe in the virgin birth, I'm going to have serious questions about your handling of scripture. However, right. I don't think that, I think that you cannot believe it and be saved. I think you can come in without, you know, being right about everything, even stuff that's obvious. I think right. there, are, there are people who are going
1: well, mean, to I mean, have a
2: different it, journey. Yeah.
1: Yep. In the Bible, isn't it? Tell, correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, but isn't the only unforgivable sin just not believing that Christ is the Son of God, essentially? Essentially, like it's, essentially, that I know that that's oversimplifying uh, attributing it. Attributing
2: the work of the Holy Spirit to demons, I, be, I believe. Right. That
0: is. That is. There. There are a lot of different ways people talk about it. it is bl- right. called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay. And so, um, a lot of people will take that to mean, you know, attributing the work of God to something demonic or to someone else Mm -hmm. some people will will say that it's not giving having faith in jesus which is i think the closest way because i mean you're kind of doing both because at that point you're attributing the world to something other than god you're Mm -hmm. which is the greatest miracle the greatest work of of god um you're denying christ who were the holy spirit worked through most brilliantly and if you're calling saying that you know, him casting out demons is Satan. That's, that's not a good thing. Let's not do that. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think that when it, when you break it down, it's, I think one of the best things you can do if you want to read the Bible and you should, you should read the Bible regardless of your faith, regardless of being an atheist, you should read the Bible. But before you do, find out what genre
1: of book you're reading before yes, you read i it. say this a what? lot can we talk about the flatter thing really quick because that is the biggest one like so we, we've gotten a lot of people and they keep sending us this and it's like I, I don't know if you guys didn't watch the episode before you commented and sent us the emails but i pointed out very very succinctly that you know and i even said like hey here's a here's a here's a guy who knows this better than i do if you want to have the conversation with me i won't have it with you unless you listen to this guy first um, which is basically like they point out Job and they're like, oh, in Job, it says the flat earth that, you know, things like that. And the like four the next corners sentence, of the earth in the next. Yeah. yeah right. In the round. Yeah. It's four corners and it's round and it's flat. But in the next sentence, it says, and then God put uh, bars between to hold the the sea back from the land. And I'm like, it's a very metaphorical. Like you have to understand right. Job's. It's also uh, genre and what, sacred, yeah.
0: sacred um, geography is a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is, there is theology to be found in the way they speak about different things including the earth and so I I, I'm not a remotely an expert on this I just know it exists so that's all you get from me right now um but you have to realize that when they're talking about places and place names like look at Genesis there are are four rivers that flow out of Eden and Mm -hmm. these are the the good Rivers, said, mm-hmm. this is the good water, it's which is a different word for water. That's like that's what's so interesting. Tohu vavohu, in the in the first chapter of Genesis. Once the, the Holy Spirit or once God, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, the word they use for water changes. It changes mm-hmm. from Tohu Vavohu to a different word that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But there's, there is a sacred, um, a theological impact of these four rivers and how they are under. They come from Eden, and then they will come from the New Jerusalem later. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of stuff that you're like, if you dig into, you're going to find more and more. And it's not about oh well, the Earth is flat. Like the, it's a disk that's going around, and it, look at this clock that makes it makes makes you understand yeah. how this. Shut up, shut up. That's not, not what we're talking anyway. about. <laughs> shut I up. I think what flat um, Earth
2: comes down to is that people are aware that they're being lied to. People are people have an instinct that there is something deeply wrong. Over correction. Yes. It's but but it's it's that knowledge of sin. It's that knowledge of Satan. It's that knowledge of the deceiver. It's just a misplaced name, right? They naming is so important and and discernment is so important. And I think so often people who are anything that grabs onto people with an incredible power like Flat Earth does. There's a reason it does, and it it's because it has a really strong kernel of, of truth in it. That yes, you are being lied to about your existence. You are, you are correct that there's something deeply wrong with the world that we're cursed, that we're that, that we're science missing is constantly something. Right? Trying to push in yeah. a certain direction that's yeah. not
1: accurate. Yeah.
0: Well, also, it's totally a psyop because yeah. they want they wanted people to say that so they could throw any other conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said this saying, from oh, that the very flat
1: earth. I've said this from the very beginning I <laughs> yeah. thought I thought flat earth was the same as birds aren't real which is like a, a, a satire a joke right right so when I first saw flat earth stuff 10 years ago I was like oh that's funny like I, I literally thought it was a joke and then I was like and then as soon as I started p- seeing people believe them, I'm like you guys don't get that's a psyop you don't get that they're trying to get you to believe something yeah. so insanely ridiculous that when you do question the real things it's this, I think that's what Q is by the way too. I think Q oh, is yeah, full I've, of so I many kernels when of I truth told, because it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Well, I I told that's what I told Monica early on. I was like, Q is a psyop. Yeah. Um, it's it's they've gamified information to make people not actually pay attention to what's really going on in front of them, so that mm-hmm. they don't actually change anything. And mm-hmm. of course, birds aren't real. We all knew this. Why make birds a, aren't real. a conspiracy yeah. about it? yeah that's what <laughs> i'm saying yeah
2: <laughs> i think this is what makes conspiracy pills such such a ministry for us and this was something that completely took us by surprise we we thought we were just going to talk about conspiracies and it and people started writing in and saying i'm reading the bible like i've never read it before i'm reading the bible when i've never read it before i'm things are making sense i am considering god again when i would never have. And I think it's because we are our audience is a community of people who knows that there's something deeply wrong, who knows that they've been yep. lied to, who are actively searching for answers. And we didn't walk into this expecting to just to to preach, but we're, we're Christians. And so it's informing everything we say. And so often understand that midst, deeply.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
2: often in the midst of, of putting together conspiracy theories, we're referencing scripture and we're saying well this helps me make sense of this and people are watching like holy crap it helps me too and i think that that it's such an conspiracy theorists are so marginalized like truly marginalized as a as a people <laughs> truly pushed <laughs> to the edges of society right
1: let my people and, go
2: and nobody's talking to them including preachers and they're closer than anybody else to figuring out the truth, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's so wonderful is like, you know, I've had conversations with people who watch, who watched this show when it wasn't even hitting the hard Christian topics who were like, oh, by the way, I've, I've rededicated my life to the Lord or, oh, by the way, I'm, I've decided to be a Christian and leave the flat earth thing behind. And I'm like, what, (laughs) how, how? And so, but God called me out. Um, Because I was doing a political show, and I had more or less made that my ministry was politics and stuff like that. And I I realized there was someone saying something on Twitter, and I had replied, you know, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And that was God putting those words directly, like targeting me, because I was like, I'm not seeking the, the kingdom. I'm seeking freedom.
1: You know, what's funny about that whole thing is I had this idea about a year and a half ago. Uh, I've been doing podcasting for four years now. And I had this idea a year and a half ago. I'm like, well, there's these things I want to talk about. The first podcast I ever did was a conspiracy podcast. I've done political podcasts. I've done different things. And I was just like, there has to be a way to talk about religion, conspiracy, and politics in a way that makes sense because they're all so interconnected. You really can't touch on one subject without touching on the other Mm -hmm. and I think I went from political podcasting to conspiracy podcasting and then realized the the hinge the only last hinge that I need the thing that that pulls it all together is my faith so like even even from our beginning of conspiracy pill which is only like seven or eight months ago I don't even know
2: know, it's crazy
1: dude I know we've been like we're (laughs) like best friends and we've only known each other for less than a year
2: worst friends Get We're it right. best worst friends I, I, God. but you know what i, I mean feel, like I, that
0: I, I get that because it was like jessica when she started yeah like we did i think we ended up doing a, a, at least one full year together but it felt like we've been doing it for three and i've been podcasting on and off since 2016. i feel old
1: <laughs> technically I <do. laughs> technically i did my first podcast in 2009 <laughs> as a <laughs> as a high school project i didn't know what a podcast was my teacher's like hey create a podcast today for a school project i was like okay uh it was about zombies or something retarded so
0: (laughs) we're gonna roll into last call in a second yeah um which i'll let you pick the whiskey if you want to um but uh, i do want to ask you a couple questions before we do that um as always if you're on Rockfin or if you're on my patreon you can Watch the extended episode. It's going to go away for everyone else. So if you want to do that, hit up Rockfin or patreoncom slash ones to continue. Um, but I do want, since we didn't talk that all that much about conspiracies till the very end, uh, I do want to ask you. Except for, I'm going to make the exception of no Project Blue Light. Is that what it's called? Blue Beam. No, Project Blue Beam. <laughs> Blue Beam. Whatever.
1: Well, that takes um, out half <laughs> of my material.
0: <laughs> so what? is okay i'll ask you two questions one what was your fir- the first conspiracy that grabbed you and mm. made you go okay so there's some lies that i'm not picking up on and then i'll ask you the second one so you you want to go first abby what's the first thing you were like no this doesn't this doesn't add up
2: i'm not sure about that one to be completely honest
0: do you want me to answer and then I don't end, mind. Do y'all some yeah you
2: guys think? go and i'll think about it for a second okay
0: i'll just go ahead and give you mine which was uh believe it or not um kurt cobain
1: That's my first Kurt Cobain.
0: Yes. Kurt Cobain, uh, his his death at his own hand. Nonsense. Like, I remember I don't know how old I was. It was. So I'm 34 now, and I was younger than him when he died. So probably like 21 ish. I I started looking into Kurt Cobain and looking at that stupid letter where it's it's in his handwriting. And then suddenly it's in a different handwriting and all of that. And I was like, no, no, Courtney did this. This was Courtney. That was my first ever conspiracy that that I was like, okay, something's wrong here.
1: I was, I was six or seven years old when I saw a documentary about Kurt Cobain and the, and the Courtney love thing. And I I remember being a kid watching this with my mom. My mom was obsessed with true crime stuff. And I watched this and I was like, oh, that, that dude did not kill himself. I was just a little kid. That was my first conspiracy that I was like, I I hundred percent do not believe Kurt Cobain killed himself.
0: Fun fact: I was not allowed to listen to anything but Christian music until I was like, oh, same, <laughs> same, an ad- an adult, obviously. Same. And I got so, in trouble for like a good Charlotte I, I CD
1: when I was a teen.
0: <laughs> so I didn't actually listen to n- Nirvana until I was probably nineteen or twenty. So it yeah. happened quick once I found out that this yeah. was a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew, I knew that Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself before I knew who Nirvana was. I knew that Kurt Cobain, <laughs>
0: Cobain didn't yeah. kill himself before I knew Epstein didn't kill himself.
1: That's that's good. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I realized what mine is, and I haven't realized it before this stream, so I haven't said it out loud before. I lived in Africa for three years when I was when I was young. My parents were missionaries, and the it, it's complicated. But the country dissolved into civil war a couple times. We evacuated a couple of times. The second time. The UN was involved and they really, they really made it so bad. Like I was on the ground at nine years old to see how the UN fucked the whole country up and put a whole bunch of people's lives in danger. So I, my, I'll I say my first one is the conspiracy that the UN, the UN is not good. That That from like a very personal standpoint, I sat there and I was like. What the fuck? <laughs> like, guys, you you got almost got me killed. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh I'm trying to think if there was anything. That's the first one that I think I dove into was Kurt Cobain for sure. Cause I was just like, yeah. this doesn't make any damn sense. Mm-hmm. What what is this? Um, okay. Um, yeah. I sorry, I got a text message. I should have put it on do not disturb. Uh, love you uh, love you, Steve.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I love you too, Steve, by the way.
2: I don't know how I feel about you, Steve. Oh, it's I'll okay. You know. We'll get there.
1: Um, but no,
0: know yeah Kurt Cobain was my first one. Um, I'll ask you three questions. Uh, okay. So second question is, what is your favorite conspiracy? Like your, your favorite one to dive into, the one particular if possible, one that you can't actually verify. Like the one that you just really want to figure out.
2: The one I'm obsessed with is that all the pantheons from all time are all the same people over and over and over.
0: Oh, you know what books you should read? The Chronicles of the Nephilim by Brian Godawa. If you I go should. to his website, Godawa.com, and look okay. at the different cast of characters, is, someone has made all of them using AI. And this is the 10th cool. time Ooh. that Cam has
1: told me to read this, and now I'm <laughs> actually going to because I keep forgetting about <laughs> no, it. No, I... I yeah. <laughs> Wait, last question. Is that that's on Audible, right? Yes. Please? Yeah. I'm getting it right now then. I have an Audible credit, so I'll do it before I forget. Okay.
0: So so yeah, that that's gonna be the that's the fiction. If you want to read the scholarly thing, it's the Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser. Okay. Rest in peace. He died just a couple of weeks ago from I want to say pancreatic cancer. Wow. Okay. So bummer on that. How do you
1: spell Godala um, again? But yeah. Oh, I found God A W A. Yep.
0: yeah so you would start with noah primeval that's the Got first it. book in the series and um, but if you go to yeah that's okay. yeah, i i enjoyed them um Got it's it. so funny because i enjoyed them and then we started we're kind of friends now and so i'm like actually making stuff for him and we talk all the time um but yeah i would check those out those are fun and yeah uh, the the uh the thread in that is if you read the book of enoch which of course take with a grain of salt because it's not written by Enoch. So it's pseudepigraphal from the get-go, so it's not going to be a fully great account, but it's a really good look into the second temple period and what people believed at that time and how they read Genesis and Deuteronomy 32 and all of that. But the idea is that there were 200 watchers who are these sons of God that you see in Genesis 6 Mm -hmm. that came down to earth and these are the people who make up people, spiritual beings who make up the pantheon,
1: mm-hmm. the different
0: pantheons. And I'm trying to talk Brian into writing a book with me because I want to do the Norse gods.
1: So, is there a way we can get Brian to come on our show at some point? this yes. is like ninety percent of what we
0: yeah. talk about. Yeah, be amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. yeah Brian's great. I'll, 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 I'll definitely hook you guys. Okay, up okay, you Cam, okay. you
2: go real quick. Two hundred main ones, but twenty primary ones. Correct. Um, I don't named- know the
0: numbers on that.
2: Name
0: the twenty that yes, are yeah, named in. Yeah. Twenty in Enoch, that are named yeah. Simjaza, Simjaza mm-hmm. Azazel, yep. etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: twenty that are named. Azazel is again named in the Bible. Yep. Yep. As the, the scapegoat, scapegoat thing, is sent yeah. out to the wilderness to Azazel, so I would say Azazel is Lucifer, right? And then Simjaza yeah. Just, the second. could
0: you do me a favor though? Yes. You gonna hear my my pet peeve? I've been Don't wanting to hear
1: Lucifer. your pet peeve about Lucifer for weeks. Don't now. call him Lucifer.
0: Don't call him Lucifer. It's not his name. Um. Because that is a word that came out of the Latin, which means Uh bright morning star. And if you Uh read Revelation Mm. at some point, you're going to hear Jesus called the morning star. Mm. So if we're using that same phrase to mean Jesus, then Lucifer is not his name. And by using it, you are actually giving him station above what he is and giving him respect. So I don't use it. What do you call him? I would call him the devil, the serpent, the Satan um, is the okay. word for serpent in the okay. garden, but I just, I, I, nechash. I oppose the use of the word Lucifer for the Satan. I'm glad you okay. cleared that up because yeah.
1: I've always been confused about Satan being called the bright morning star and then Jesus in revelation being called the morning right. star. So, yeah.
2: so
0: the, the bright morning star is kind of like the apex of the, um, gosh, so that's more uh, like so, a
1: Gnostic kind of belief then, right? Where they like try to confuse that, like, hmm. sorry, yeah. getting so, off in the weeds so, here. So,
0: so if you look at um, the kind of the ancient understanding of things, the stars also doubled as gods. And so mm-hmm. Venus was the morning star and it mm-hmm. was the brightest star in the sky, et cetera. And so it was the apex of the gods, which applies only to Yahweh, Jesus. So mm. I'm just saying, let's not let's not give him. Yeah, a, give I'm, him no, I'm, more I'm glad to learn
1: that because I was curious. You would said that to us a few weeks ago and I was curious or maybe more than a month ago. But yeah. yeah yeah i
0: no, was just like right. mm, yeah. this is my pet peeve <laughs> azazel
2: hades um but yeah 20 20 named ones and then my and there are 10 i'm sorry there are nine planets and then there's a sun and the moon right yeah i think that you have 20 which is the male and female of that a lot of the I'm not saying this. Well.
1: I know what you're trying. It's it's kind of like how the Gnostics talk about it a little bit, but they do it in a, it, it, every every demonic god or fallen angel, whatever you want to call it, watcher yeah. or the twenty of the watch. They have a male female pair. Yeah, that's what you're saying, which makes well, one. So sun, if you look at Baphomet, well, which is male and female mm-hmm. together, I, I think that's what you're. And trying I think to say.
0: that that female bit's always a deception. FYI, yeah. females are always I, a deception, I, I, dude. That's <laughs> well, true. Well, the sun
2: and the moon. Are a pair in greek mythology uh, they're twin they're twins apollo and artemis are are twins so i i think that you you see that there you see that in um i will say
0: in those books those fiction books Mm -hmm. if you actually what you watch is you watch inanna and um anu who are uh azazel and um simjaza Mm Simjaza gets you will see but uh Inanna becomes um Ashtart becomes Ishtar becomes mm-hmm. astarte yep. becomes you know Ashtareth etc like you you see this this kind of move so yeah. you should talk to Brian he he we, we, we got to have him to on. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm excited for um <laughs> uh so questions uh, do, do you have a conspiracy that you, you told me favorite. i couldn't say mine mine <laughs> it's,
2: <blue beam. laughs> no, it's not give us the give it's us a not, little give it's us a not, little not blue
1: actually bluebeam blue exactly but bluebeam got my mind going I, the alien thing got my mind going but i will say this i am more and more convinced all the time that people are going to worship aliens i think if you had <sighs> <laughs> that's my theory my okay, theory okay. is so, that it's yeah <laughs> so Same. i think yeah i'm trying to think how i said this to the to you new the other alien day. pantheon well, think about it this way, right? We've got all these these different theories that try to d- explain away God. You've got the uh, multiverse theory. You've got um, the simulation theory and things like that. I think that people theory. are no longer atheists anymore almost at all. I think atheism is entirely going away. I think it's already gone, really. And the reason I think this is if you look at the most hardcore of the atheistic left that you would think of, You would think of the people who really believe in the trans stuff, but you can't believe in the trans stuff without believing there's a soul there. There's like the the people who are like for the baby sacrifice stuff. They're starting to just say, Hey, actually it's part of our ritual. So atheism has gone, right? People are, people are realizing the world was created like scientifically, even you can't get away from the fact that the big bang didn't just cause itself. Right. So I think atheism has gone. And I think people are looking for a God and because they're so opposed to the God who created the universe, they're going to find anything they can. And I think that if you look at the most rational thing for, for those people, it's going to be something like aliens, which would incorporate simulation theory it would incorporate th- the flat earthers it incorporate uh, multiverse stuff. And the reason I think this is going to sell so well to people is because they can believe that they're gaining secret knowledge, which is what people always want to gain. And they can also believe that They're not wrong. And the reason, the way I came to this was through the Raelians, which they go around to people and they say, actually your God is God is a God a God, Jesus is a God, Muhammad's a God, Krishna's a God, but they're all from this ancient alien race called the Elohim. So they get to like claim, Hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're just, you just need a little bit more secret knowledge. I think that's so, I think it's the most seductive thing to people who want, they they want to be right. Well, and they want to gain the secret knowledge. And I think it'll fool. I think it might even be what's talked about in Ecclesiastes is like this great deception at the end of the, at the end of the world. I think that that's what it is. That's my favorite conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah. Well, so like when it comes to aliens, I've held for a long time that what we see as aliens throughout time has been uh spiritual beings. That's uh, exactly what we believe. Yeah. Um, but I think that one of the points I've made on and off is that I believe, so you'll hear Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, that piece of crap, Oh God, he's so awful thank you. Smug.
1: Don't get me going Uh-oh. on Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: Um, but you'll hear him talk about you know if if you don't believe in aliens, you're 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 arrogant to to not believe there's any other life on in the universe. I think that that is the next deception for a specific mm-hmm. number of people um, mm-hmm. to let science continue being their god. But that you get alien seed theory, you get these other beings that came and Uh created through them i think that that's that's definitely part of it Mm -hmm. um god i hate that stupid saying you're arrogant shut up (laughs) um (laughs) but no i think i think that you're that's not a bad pickup on on those i do i think my favorite thing to say to people though is yes i believe in lizard people just not in the way you mean Yep. because the serpent in the garden wasn't a snake he was a spiritual being he was a seraph his seraphim he yeah. was a winged serpent spiritual being so yeah i believe in reptilians Yeah, they're just uh t- talking in hillary clinton's ear rather than being hillary clinton herself i like it yeah that's perfect <laughs> um so with that we'll we'll do more questions and fun stuff in a second but i have to ask you the big question of the show which you've experienced before so hopefully you're prepared for this bj um but so uh when the show started i wanted it to be a font of hope within the many 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 shows that were about politics were about covid were about all of the horrible things in the world Uh, i wanted to make a little a little island where you could actually get some hope out of out of your life and out of you, the entertainment that you partake in. And so I've, I started asking every guest at the end of every episode, um, to give me something that is like, it could be local. It could be global. It could be in your house. It could be whatever capacity you want, but what is something right now that gives you hope and motivates you to carry on within this world that is so filled with darkness.
1: Ladies first.
0: (laughs)
2: that despite how bad it's gotten, despite how few good people are left in the world, despite how few good people are in church, that we have this wonderful, awful place called the internet where the few good, well, none are good, but the few people who are genuinely pursuing God are able to find each other. Like I would never have met PJ if it wasn't for the internet. I would not know you, Cam, if it wasn't for the internet. I think this is the place where God has allowed the remnant of his church to find each other and encourage each other in the last days, and that gives me a lot of hope that he gave us this.
1: Yeah, um, That's a good one. I it's guess a few. <laughs> I guess a few quick things. One of one of the things me and Abby say a lot and we talk about a lot is uh, it's very easy to get black pilled when you're talking conspiracy stuff. It's very easy to look at the lizard people yep. controlling everything and everything's awful and the world economic Forum is going to come and you know starve you and all this stuff. Uh, but my favorite thing that someone ever said about the, us came from from Trevor uh, Bookstore Thor. And he said, this is a show that's not afraid to go into the dark places, but doesn't dwell there. And I think that that is our call as Christians. Uh, I think that if you're a Christian and you're not finding joy in life, you're doing something wrong. Um, and I, I to agree to Abby's point, like, I wouldn't even know my wife wasn't for the internet. Actually, I met her on a dating site. And I, we did, were, I
0: did. I met my wife the same yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and Abby sent me this movie last night that I really enjoyed, and it's been on my mind a lot today. So I just want to kind of end with this is... Uh, and it goes back to that exact story is sometimes the worst things that happen in your life lead you to the, the greatest things. God is in in everything if you allow him to be, uh, you know what I mean? He's in everything, but like he can, he can actually direct all of the bad stuff in your life towards good if you allow him to, if you're not turning him away. Um, and I would not have met my wife if I hadn't lost my job, become homeless, um, gotten incredibly sick. Uh, like every bad thing you can imagine happening, like happened to me in a year. Uh, and all of it led me to that. And uh, we, watched, I watched the movie Bullet Train last night. I thought it was very interesting because it was kind of that whole concept. But there's a lot of times in life where uh, it seems like you've got really, you might have really bad luck. Uh, but sometimes sometimes I think God's just leading us into into some new and interesting places. I wouldn't know Abby if it wasn't for a lot of bad things happening too. And I think we've done something <laughs> great together. And uh, I love what we're doing. I'm excited for the future. So if you're not excited for the future. You're not reading the Bible right either. I think. So. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. That's what I want to end it, on. The,
0: it, the future is so so tight, guys, because there's like yeah. a whole bodily resurrection thing that people don't talk right. about enough. Like, ugh, I'm so stoked about that, man. Can you imagine? There's this there's this poem by uh, a guy named Bradley Hathaway called the Hug Poem, which maybe I'll pull up in Last Call, but it's one of my favorites. And yeah, I'll share it in Last Call. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. If it weren't for, uh, the, the bad stuff, uh, God meets us in our misery yeah. so often. Mm. And he's every time. And that's, what's good is like, I'm not saying that God has caused every bad thing that's happened to me. A lot of times it's just been me making some stupid choices, but <laughs> In those moments where I'm I'm reaping the consequences of my actions, or when I'm able to fully rely on God again, yeah, because I'm no longer able to rely on myself, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful thing that happens. But let's let's go into last call. But before I do that, I do want to let everyone know how to find you, and then go into my whole shtick about where to find me so uh i i asked pj i said what are your links and he said super easy barely an inconvenience so uh if you want to follow abby on twitter you can follow her at abby the lib that's a b b y t h e l i b b underscore uh on twitter pj is pj underscore unhinged a little bit easier because I don't have to say two Bs in an underscore. Afterwards. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> if you hadn't got your first Twitter deleted at yeah, my
2: first Twitter was so much better.
0: <laughs> so was mine. So I miss mine because it was my freaking name. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't ham. It was not ham. Yeah. Um, and if you want to find uh, conspiracy pill and everything that they're doing there, you can go to conspiracypill.com and you'll get a nice list of links where you can click everything. Uh, anything else you guys want to to share for the the main? I, I have one last thing. Um,
1: well, I don't know if it's for the free audience, but I know we're streaming on Rockfin right now. Me, uh, Conspiracy Pill is new to Rockfin, so if you're watching this on Rockfin, we're we're there as well. So you could give us a follow; that'd be really helpful.
0: Oh yeah, do that, do that thing. And also, Brad Brad Binkley was supposed to come on and talk to us. He's on Rockfin too with at the Propaganda Report. So I'll just go ahead and shout him out here, even though he didn't show up for me when I needed him. <laughs> uh um but yeah so beyond that let's talk about me because i am important uh if you'd like to get last call you can do that over at rockfin.com the mad ones or at patreon.com the mad ones on patreon you also will get uh the occasional discount on any merch that i make which includes presidential posters and really cool tank tops because i love tank tops um but you can do my, that at my, <laughs> Uh, if you would like to uh, get a T-shirt, a mug, a presidential poster, um, I'm working on some some glasses and some other things as well that no one will buy that'll just sit there forever. But I will be pleased that they are there. Um, at the slash store I'm on Twitter at hamcarlos. Hey, Thanks to uh, that awful. Prime Minister of Canada Justin Trudeau because they make one joke you make one joke and you don't keep, get to keep your name um, and <laughs> if you are listening and would rather see my face I think you're deluded but you can go to youtube.com slash the mad ones the show is every Thursday night 8:30 p.m. Eastern time um, unless something else happens which I would let you know before trust me I'm trustworthy um, and if you would you could also do that on Rockfin as well if you want to see my face if you're looking at my face and you go ew. Why is that? Why does that grown ass man have a nose ring? You can go to uh, wearethemadones.com and listen there or on any podcatcher that you prefer. But that's all. That's all I have for you for now. We are going to shift over into last call. And uh, with that, as always, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up.